You've got Joe Burrow. He just seems to have ice water in his veins. Is not too small for the moment. Already looks like a top five QB in clutch moments to me. You're listening to Guys on the Sideline podcast, where you'll hear opinions, predictions, and sports takes in every direction. If you're a diehard sports fan, this is the place to be. They've never played. They have no experience. But they have plenty to say. And now, here are the guys on the sideline. Hey, everybody. Welcome on in to Guys on the Sideline, the podcast. This is episode 117. Welcome on in, everybody. Thanks for making time for us today. This is your host, the nearly famous Jeff, most beloved JB outside of Cincinnati, Burton. And I'm joined by co-host, everybody's favorite, Chris. Josh McDaniel is my savior, Mumford. Hello, Chris Mumford. Jeff, I knew it. I knew you were going to go with Josh McDaniels. Um, but you know what? I'm... <laughs> I'm passing through the stages of grief, and I'm I'm in the bargaining phase. So it's a great time to talk to me, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Just so you know, and is quite obvious for anybody that's listened to one of these episodes, none of this is scripted. We literally say, "Let's just jump on and record." Uh, I don't even run these nicknames by Chris, so I always love to watch his reaction uh, as I give him his nickname. And uh, we'll get into Josh McDaniels, but we're not here to talk about what the Tom Brady whisperer we're here to talk about the Super Bowl of the National Football League uh Chris I don't even know where to begin because this is the most bizarre I shouldn't say the most bizarre Super Bowl but if you would have told me at the beginning of the season that you were going to be watching a Rams Bengals Super Bowl from Los Angeles the Rams hosting the Super Bowl, second year in a row that's happened, which is bizarre. It's never happened until Tampa did it last year, and now the Rams are doing it. So I don't know who's up next. But, Chris, I was kind of hoping for a – and this is probably before you were born, but I was actually kind of hoping for a 49ers Bengals throwing it back to the 80s, I want to say. Yeah. I don't know if you're, you – do you remember those Super Bowls? No, I mean, that was before my time. But, um, you know, and you would have been young too, I'm sure, right? I mean, it's not like you were 12 I, unless, unless you're 65. I can't – I don't remember how old you are, but – um, Chris, I watched those at my grand. I remember watching it at my grandma Watkins' house, of course. Okay. But I'm not 65, but yes, I think but I you were was young. I mean, so probably like earliest football memories we're talking, right? Um, yeah. yeah, so I mean, it was before my time. I wasn't, I don't think, born yet for the either of the, maybe I was one of them like 86. I would have been like one, but anyway, yeah, I don't, but I mean, we've all seen the famous, you know, 49ers. What was his last name? Clark, the catch in the end zone. That's an iconic Dwight Clark. Uh, clip that shows up in so many highlight reels um, from that Super Bowl. Obviously, it's part of the Joe Montana cannon, which used to be the GOAT cannon, right? But it's that's been supplanted by Tom Brady, and, and you absolutely cannot argue against that. I, I just think it's impossible now. But, you know, number two greatest of all time, Joe Montana in his, his days. So, yeah, I agree. In, in that's one thing that's been great about these playoffs, hasn't it, Jeff? That they've had this vintage feel. Wouldn't you agree? You had everything. You had the outdoor Niners, Packers, another vintage matchup back from my 
Niners fandom days with Steve Young and Brett Favre and some great classic um, playoff battles there. Um, you know, just some storied franchises, you know, among the elite franchises in these these playoffs. But yeah, the snow, the elements, low scoring game, messy, it comes down to weird special teams. And then that's how that one goes. Then you have the, you know, every other scenario possible. You have the Bills and, and the Chiefs. I mean, this has just been everything you could want in, in a playoffs lineup. I mean, these games have been all-time great. I don't know that you, anyone could point to a better postseason ever. So, you know, the, the Super Bowls maybe got – I guess you could go either way with it, right? We could either lower our expectations because we are, we are fat and happy and content. But no, this is America. Of course we're never content. Of course we're never satisfied. This better be the best Super Bowl of all time, right? got to be now yeah it's got to be yeah it's been a wild playoffs for sure um that then you've got you, you know you're just talking about the games on the field but then you've got all the off the field stuff tom brady is he retiring is he not right i wondered yeah. if Schefter breaks the news and tom brady's like up oh, not so fast like i'm coming back because you said i was retiring <laughs> you've got aaron Rodgers. you've got jimmy garoppolo where he's going to be you've got a number of um a number of head coaching changes, which happens every year, but there's some that are, again, we referenced McDaniels for you. I mean, that's going to impact your team. And then you've yeah. got wild stuff like all the lawsuits and the texts from Belichick. Boy, Brian Flores. Oh. And yeah, yeah you're I right. Mean, it has been action-packed. It really has. It it has been, um, you know, unlike any other NFL year and kind of on the heels of the pandemic. I mean, right, what it was a year ago, if I'm remembering correctly, Right. Some stadiums were welcoming 100 percent capacity and others. Right. Didn't you know, in the state of Seattle, in the state of Seattle, I sound like Carl Malone here, um, <laughs> the, city, the city of Seattle. Right. Or California, like limiting fans and stuff. It's so. But I mean, this has been a full season of just intrigue and excitement. So, Chris, Boy. I think it's uh, time that we jump in. You ready to get started? Let's do it. All right. Let's do it. All right, again, we're so glad that you have tuned in to Guys on the Side on the podcast, really the only podcast you can be paying attention to because we are giving you the voice of the fan, and um, really, you should be listening to no other voice. Although, I will say this, Chris, and we always take shots, but is there a is there a cooler guy in the world of sports, and he's no longer you know an athlete, but Peyton Manning and Eli, like the Mannings, even their dad, even their brother Cook, I mean, they, they are just on one with their endorsement deals, with their TV stuff. I don't know if you saw Peyton on Saturday Night Live. I mean, this is just, they're, they're good stuff. So outside of, uh, you know, I mean, we're really the only ones you should be listening to, with the exception of maybe Peyton and Eli. Yes, I, I, I'm with you, Jeff. I was actually thinking about them the other day. It's just, aren't, aren't they kind of like America's older brothers? Isn't that kind of how it feels like they're becoming? Oh. Like the, the Mannings are just such a classic American family um and just embody so much of that like Eli is the prototypical younger brother like that was me like I was just the younger brother <laughs> um you know to my my brother who's six years older than me so I can totally relate the two of them and their dynamic is hilarious but yeah they're all so funny um I love to see the commercials with them all in it and, and all that kind of thing and so we need more Mannings in this country right like we need those families and those those figures, those celebrities that that feel like, and, and I could be wrong about this, but it feels like they're kind of untainted by a lot of the 
the division and polarization. They kind of exist outside and above it. And we need more people like that, that we can all kind of just talk about. And sports is so important for us for that reason. So you got to love the Mannings for sure. Totally agree. Well, Chris, I think that's who we are, right? I mean, it's the Mannings and it's the guys on the sideline. I mean, that's totally. Just- yeah, you know, I have more haters than you by quite a bit, but you know, so I think I'm more polarizing than you are, but, but yeah, I think, by and large, I agree. I think you have more haters because you actually have like articulate positions. I think I've got more <laughs> eye rolls than probably anyone has ever had because I don't know that people take me serious. But you know what, Chris? This is a perfect segue because I said all along, I felt like the Rams were a very dangerous team. And I, you know, I hemmed and hawed over my Cardinals because I knew they were the best team in football by record. And I felt they had potential. But I was, as you know, I was very cautious because I was like, "Ah, I don't know. Like, and I tell you, the Rams, they went all in. And if this didn't work and they lose to the 49ers, which they were down, right? I mean, the the, we'll get into that and the interception that should have, you know, could have changed history. But um, you know, Stafford comes to play, Odell Beckham, Von Miller, you know, Aaron Donald's now got, you know, uh, a good defense around him. Ramsey is another one they picked up, right? So, I mean, they've built this team kind of the, the LA way, if you will. But let's start here with the, with the Rams Niners. What did you see in this game? What, what are your thoughts on the prospects of, of the Rams winning in their home stadium? Yeah, that was an interesting game. I, I, I'll admit, I didn't catch the first part of the Rams-Niners game. I was on my way back from my parents' house, so I didn't I didn't see that first part. And just tuned in for the second half when the Rams kind of turned things around and put it together. You know, I, I certainly knew that the Rams had a chance even going into the second half because I, I just think that they are a clear-cut better team. But they've been kind of underwhelming, right, at times and, and kind of – you know, it's been hard to figure them out because sometimes it just feels like they don't quite show up or they're not gelling or meshing. And that's always maybe part of the risk when you just try to buy a team and piece it together with big names and that kind of thing. But, you know, what you kind of saw in the second half was was vindication of that strategy because you saw some big individual performances and people showing up and that. And, you know, I, I don't I, it's just too easy to hate on Jimmy G. And I don't understand why people like act like he personally offended them somehow. You know, because he's obviously just doing his best, right? And I think he's a likable enough guy. But sure. but it's impossible to be a football fan and not see that he's not, in my opinion, he's borderline a starting quarterback in the league. Like, you you basically, you have to commit with Jimmy G to just turning him into a game manager. But I think he thinks he's more than that. And that's where he runs into problems because, boy, he had some near picks himself, threw some really bad balls and throws, and then obviously, you know, had the pick that ended the game. But, but I mean, even before that, they had the ball with very little time left. I'm taking my guy, Derek Carr, all day long in that scenario. He's proven again and again he can win a game like that. Um, and lots of other, you know, QBs throughout the playoffs could as well. Burrow, Mahomes, right? Um, Rodgers couldn't put it together, but I think typically you would say he could. Stafford did it right but but Jimmy G I mean when he got the ball late I just knew it was over I just I just didn't believe he could do it he could put it together you know again not to just pile on the hate so you know yeah the Rams won it but they managed to win it by playing a bad game and I I just don't know who what Rams team are we going to see in the Super Bowl right is it going to be the ones that that absolutely demolished your cards and I my heart went out for you Jeff because I Really, like you, you know, you go back and listen to my pick before that game. I thought that the cards would win it, and that it, like, not that they were going to blow it out, but that it would be like a, a decisive victory. And you know, it was kind of the cards that seemed to just be, you know, shrink on the stage a little bit. I don't, 
I'll be interested to hear your thoughts on that one a little bit. Um, but like, I, you know, I don't know what Rams are we going to get in the, in, in the Super Bowl? Cause I'll tell you this, um, you cannot show up with a half effort against Joe Burrow. I think, I think oh. he's proving that he is like the next top star in the league. It's going to be him, Mahomes, Josh Allen. Like we're, we're setting up for a really fun era coming up here. Um, you know, oh. then Rogers will have another year or two and then he'll be gone. Russell Wilson, same kind of story. So this new crop of QBs is going to be a lot of fun to watch. And Sunday is going to be just a fun preview of some of that with, with Burrow. How does he respond? And I'm excited to see it. I, I'll just say I haven't made my pick yet. I'm, I'm going back and forth. I really am. Well, you've got about 10 minutes to decide. So we'll, we'll get to that momentarily. <laughs> quick, quick reaction from me. Um, it's very funny, Chris, you said when Garoppolo got the ball, I knew it was over because typically you say it the other way, right? It's like when Tom Brady gets the ball down the stretch, you just know it's over like in the opposite way, right? So it's kind of interesting, right? Like it, when Aaron Rodgers gets it down the stretch, you just have this feeling kind yeah. of thing. And so, yeah, um, I, I agree with you. And if you want to go back and look a couple of, uh, Super Bowls ago when the Rams played the Patriots, it, it was, it was so... So easy to predict that game. All of the money, all of the fans. I mean, everybody had the Rams winning that one. And you remember what happened, right? That was the Absolutely. ultimate Costanza pick. And he was 13-3. to three. They could only muster up three points. That was Jared Goff. But it was Jared Goff back when he was kind of, you know, had some potential and whatever. I, I agree. I, I think on paper, uh, you got to go Rams over the Bengals. On paper. Yeah. But I, I'm with you. I'm back and forth. It really depends on what Rams team shows up. And I tell you, I on paper, my head tells me go with the Rams. Let's segue quickly into the that shocker of a game, the Bengals coming back in that second half and then in ultimately winning it in overtime against Patrick Boy. Mahomes and the Chiefs. But my my head tells me the Rams. My heart tells me, again, that other JB out there, Mr. Burrow, I tell you, I just think it's kind of like Tom, you made this comment, but it feels a little like Tom Brady in the sense that, like, why bet against Joe Burrow? I mean, this guy, he did it in the national championship at LSU. I mean, it just was lights out down there. He is a likable guy. He's rallied the team. Jamar Chase, right? Jamar Chase isn't going to catch nothing, right? That was the knock against him. and. I mean, he's he's turned out an arguably an MVP type season in his rookie Incredible. season. Incredible. Um, so anyway, I, we'll make our predictions here in about five minutes. But but quick reaction to that chief. I don't know if I want to call it a meltdown or if I want to call it a Bengals comeback. But Great question happened. I Great don't know. Question, isn't it, Jeff? Yeah, because that what a totally puzzling game. Talk about games you thought were over. Like that was another one. I didn't see much of the first half, but. Checked in on my phone and saw it was 21-3 and thought, am I even going to bother tuning into this? Like, I just was like, I, you know, this is an absolute demolition. And so, you know, and evidently it was a similar deficit that they overcame in the regular season to beat the Chiefs, did the Bengals. And so you're thinking it's even less likely that's going to happen twice, isn't it? Well, I understand that's not how probabilities work, but the idea that you're going to go down twice by strong double-digit figures against the most potent offense one of the most potent offenses ever in the NFL, it, it just, you know, it wouldn't pass the laugh test. But, you know, that's and, – and, but this is a great segue, Jeff, to this pick and why I'm waffling on it like I like you are. 
And that's the whole concept of the team of destiny, right? Anybody who's watched sports over the years knows certain teams emanate this aura, like something's going on with them. There's something about them. There's something, it's the this potent mixture of being kind of an underdog, having young talent, you know, being overlooked in certain ways, flying under the radar. People don't know you as well. They're not taking you as seriously. Whatever the weird mixture is, some teams just turn into that Cinderella story. And some of them go on to win the big dance. It doesn't happen all that time, all that often. But part of me really feels like these Bengals could be one of those teams because of what you just mentioned. You've got Joe Burrow, who has that kind of just unflinching. I mean, that guy is just, he's the new Matty Ice, right? He just seems to have ice water in his veins, is not too small for the moment, already looks like a top five QB in clutch moments to me, and, and, and outdueled Pat Mahomes, right, in that kind of context and came up with more big plays toward the end. So, you know, I, I, it, let's take it back to what you're just kind of asking. I can't decide whether it was a bigger meltdown for the Chiefs, but Something did emerge this year, I will say, about the Chiefs that's kind of a new wrinkle to the story. There's no doubting the greatness of Patrick Mahomes, never mind the fact that I thought he would fizzle and not turn out before they even... Unfortunately, we've been podcasting long enough that I was able to make that blunder and say, you never should have gotten rid of Alex Smith, and I sound really stupid there. But you know, all of that aside, recognizing he clearly is one of the best raw talents in the league... You know, did we not kind of see, Jeff, this year that Pat Mahomes can get into a position where he starts trying to press too much? He starts starts to try to do too much, maybe gets a little too sold on his gifts and gets his team into trouble through a really bad pick in that game um, that was caught by by one of the defensive linemen um, that totally changed that game. Uh, the minute that happened, it was the absolute wrong time for that. And that's a situation where Pat Mahomes doesn't need to force it, right? Like you're up, you're still up a full score. Um, I think it was even eight points at that point that they were still up. So you're up comfortably punt and make Joe Burrow go down the field. So anyway, I will say that you can't overlook the fact that Pat Mahomes had some blunders that cost them that game. That's part of the story, just like Joe Burrow and, and his brilliance is too. Yeah, I totally agree, Chris. And um, I, I was, uh, I was trying to get back from New York City. I got stuck there a couple extra days because of that nor'easter. And um, anyway, I watched the first half um, in the airport, and then of course Delta didn't—you know—they were having Wi-Fi issues, and so uh, I might have got some extra points uh, from them because I lit them up. I tell you what, I'm like, do, do you not know what today is? Uh, anyway, so, but I don't know if you saw this, and you talk about blunders. The very last play of the first half, 21 to 3, right, is what it was. They, Andy Reid rolled the dice. He did not kick the field goal. He got greedy and they got stopped. They ran out of time and they were not able to convert on a play. I can't remember if it was to Kelsey or Hill. But the point is, if they kick the field goal playing conservatively, they probably are that much further out of reach and the Bengals cannot overcome. And so you had that, the greed, I'm going to call it. And then you had Patrick Mahomes being uncharacteristic of making those mistakes where, again, I, I think it just goes to show you the Chiefs did not think that they could lose that game. Home field, they're against the Bengals, right? The Bengals, I mean, you know, a nice story, but probably, well, let me go back and just say this, Chris. At the beginning of the season, if I would have told you that the Cincinnati Bengals 
and the San Francisco 49ers were both in their conference uh, championship respective game. You would have thought I was crazy, right? The 49ers are the third best team in the NFC West. The Bengals are a nice story, and they're an up-and-coming story. But you would say, well, then that means they had to beat the Chiefs and the Bills and the Patriots, and who else do you want to throw in that mix, right? I mean, the right. the Chargers, right? I mean, you just, the Raiders, right? Any of those teams. Like, you would have never thought that. And it, going back to your point about Team of Destiny, it totally feels like a the Steelers of old. Remember when the Steelers got in there? The New York Giants. Giants, absolutely. The Ravens, the Colts, right? Some of these teams that just kind of made it happen, and they got hot at the right time. It's it's fascinating, absolutely fascinating. And so, um, unfortunately, we don't have a lot of time today. This is our Super Bowl preview. We're going to give you a little preview. Um, but we're going to come back ne- early next week, and we'll do our, our um, traditional um, prop bet preview. You know me, Chris. I love my prop bets on, you know, what color is the Gatorade going to be? So we'll get to that next week. But real quick, as we end this, we got to make a prediction. I know both you and I are on the fence. Um, so the Bengals traveling to Los Angeles to take on the host L.A. Rams. Uh, Chris, I need a I need a prediction and I need a score from you, and you will be held accountable by how you pick this game. So think about this carefully. <laughs> you know, Jeff, I think I just convinced myself. To, to go with the Costanza pick here. You know, just you know everything I said about Team of Destiny. And look, it's just it's just a study in contrast, isn't it? I think you've got the underdog, overlooked, underrated. I mean, as much as a, a team with a QB that just won a national championship, you know, with a team that's generally regarded as one of the best in college football history. But, I mean, aside from all that, you know, but you kind of have that grit and grind and kind of like you don't necessarily know their team and they're up against it versus the flashy – L.A. Rams, and I wonder, Jeff, if this is a case where having home field advantage might put more pressure on the Rams. They're supposed to win. Their fans expect them to win. And I think maybe that accounts a bit for their slow start against the Niners. I don't think you can get away with that with the with the Bengals. And the Bengals have nothing to lose. It's house money. They're, they're there, and you have enough young, dangerous talent on that field that you got to watch out. So... I'm going to go with the Bengals in this one. I'm going to go with a score of 24-22. Ooh, 24-22. Now, Chris, you put me in a bind, all right? I don't like when you do this. <laughs> because how am I supposed to predict this? Um, I agree with everything that you said. But what happens is when you and I align and when we <laughs> say, oh, it's totally going to be the Bengals. Well, the Rams are going to roll them, right? It was the year that the Patriots, right? Patriots and the Rams. And we're like, oh, my goodness, like, I don't even know why they're playing this game. And what happens? Well, you're playing against Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. So guess what happens kind of thing. So um, I, so for that reason, I'm not even going to make a prediction. I'm just going to say, Chris, I agree with you. I don't want to jinx the Bengals. My head tells me the Rams. If the Rams play like they pl- have the capability of playing, I think they should win this by 10 points. And I think it will be. Uh, you know, I don't know who's calling this. Is this Jim Nance? Is this Joe Buck? Is this, uh, you know, Al Michaels? But they'll just say, you know what? The Bengals are such a great story and so much fun. And look at what they're building and they'll be back. You know, I can totally hear that, that angle. But I can also hear exactly what you said, Chris, as far as Mr. Joe Cool 
He doesn't care. And I swear, you get in the Super Bowl and you can take the favorites because do you remember Seattle and Denver years ago? The yeah. Anning? I mean, that was the most lopsided Super Bowl, and it should have been. Like, it was the Broncos had no business even being on the same field as the Seahawks, right? Like, the Broncos yeah. were huge favorites. And that was, as I just stated, it was supposed to be the most lopsided Super Bowl for the Broncos, and it was the most lopsided Super Bowl for the Seahawks. And so I swear you just get there, and it really does not matter. You throw all records out. You throw out favorites. And so yep. it's just man, one game. Funny-shaped ball, right? Funny-shaped ball. So I kind of like the Bengals in that just from the standpoint of I think the pressure is going to be – like can Matt Stafford get back here? This is probably his only shot to win a Super Bowl. This is it. This is it for him. It's probably Von, one of Vaughn Miller's last rides. They're going to have to blow this team up, right? This is it for this Rams team. It's it's all or nothing. OBJ, so, right? I don't know. So I don't know, man. I don't know how to predict this. I'm just – maybe I'll leave you with this. We really – we've got to run. Isn't it interesting that Joe Burrow has won as many championship games as Aaron Rodgers ever did? Wow. Mike dropped. Do you hear that, Tyler Miles? Mike dropped. Well, and I and I feel bad saying that, but I just think, man, and and I, I listened to a uh, you know, your buddy, my buddy, Colin Cowherd. I know we love him, we hate him. <laughs> but he was talking about relationships and he talked about Tom Brady as a relationship guy, and it's worked for him. And Aaron Rodgers is is just kind of this, I don't know, just kind of this ornery, prickly, not a relationship guy. And you, you look back at his career. This is not meant to be a, a a knock, but it's like it's just it's astounding that Aaron Rodgers only played in one Super Bowl. Now he won it, right? Mm-hmm. But if you look back at his career, the fact that he only got one. I mean, Matt Stafford played up in Detroit all those years, has the same number of Super Bowl appearances Aaron Rodgers did. It's just, it's baffling. So, Chris, we got to shut it down. Put me down for the Bengals. Icky shuffle, Joe Burrow. Icky shuffle. Let's go. I'll give you an OH and you give me an IO, all right? OH. I love it. Next time around, Jeff, we're going to talk about, in addition to our prop bets, who were these playoffs better and worse for, right? Tom Brady and, and going out the way he did. Or Aaron Rodgers, because I think this was so – this playoffs was very damaging to his legacy, I think. we got to talk about it next time. We definitely will. We'll we'll, we'll chat about it. But uh, fun talking Super Bowl. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And so, Chris, thanks for the time today. He's Chris. I'm Jeff. We're guys on the sideline. We're saying adios and bye-bye. The opinions and predictions on this podcast are right 98.3% of the time.